This is the official podcast of the Academy for Women in Academic Emergency Medicine Anniversary Interviews, celebrating 10 years of progress. This is your host, Michelle Lin, and today I speak with Dr. Stacy Poznanski, who was president of AWEM from 2015 to 2016 and currently is on faculty at Wright State University. She talks about the friendships she's developed through AWEM and how these relationships, and just knowing you're not alone, have been vital to her career success. So tell me a little bit about where you are right now in your career and how you got there. Uh, yes, yeah. so I am currently at uh, Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. I've actually been here since graduating residency. I did a fellowship in uh, medical education, kind of faculty development, right out of residency in 2010-11, and then stayed on here as clerkship director, and I've held that specific position um, ever since, really. Um, I've had additional positions here and there in addition to that, um, but medical student education has kind of been my my love all the way through um, as part of the university. I've been helping to uh, create new curriculum for the School of Medicine, helped with the residency and various functions, developing curriculum for them, et cetera. Um, but that's sort of been my base job. And what motivated you to first get involved with AWEM? Well, I can remember a specific meeting uh, where I met Gloria Kuhn. Actually, we um, I was when I was a fellow still, and I happened to meet her one time at a conference somewhere, and and she started talking about it. And AWEM was in its first year, so they had just put the group together. Kathy Clem was the president, and she said, "You should join." I said, "That sounds great." Um, and it was very much a baby at that point in time, and it's incredible to see what it has grown to um, since I w- was involved. Tell me a little bit more about that, how AWEM has grown and changed since then. Well, um, it, when we first started, it was a very small conference call, I remember, and, and essentially everyone that was on the executive committee or the board at that point in time was essentially the members. There were, there, I don't recall there being terribly too many members um, back then, and it was just this nugget of really um, passionate, passionate women that um, became incredible mentors of mine and really helped to shape my career um, from its infancy. And watching it grow to just this incredible, uh, what is three over 300 members now, 330, 40 members now, um, with just this multifaceted um, executive committee with all these different branches and vice presidents and it's just been uh, really impressive to watch the energy just kind of continue to branch down and and grow so many projects so many publications so many collaborations and it's just it's been a lot of fun can you elaborate a little bit more about some of these collaborations and projects that have grown out of AWEM that have um, helped members with their careers? Yeah, sure. I think one of the ones that I I was most intimately involved with um, while I was president was the pre-conference, which has also become an annual thing, which which has been really fun to watch. We're now, there's a whole committee dedicated to creating this pre-conference as part of the SAM meeting, Um, and I was able to go just as a participant last year, and just incredibly high-powered, very influential women um, speaking to other women um, about career advancement, um, and just continuing to promote that, I think has been, uh, it's been fun to watch that uh, grow up. And in addition to that, just so many other research projects, uh, too many to name, really, um, that have come out of it, too. And how was AWEM 
and your involvement in AYM affected your career development specifically? In too many ways to to even do. How long do we have here? Um, <laughs> Maybe so, the three key ones. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just been incredible. So when I first started in my position, uh, I was. I think the only woman and probably the youngest by a decade, I think, um, in my faculty. And so when I started out, I was, uh, I felt a bit alone in that regard in terms of how to navigate through being a woman, you know, having children um, and just progressing in general, even just where to go as a faculty member, let alone a woman um, in medicine. And so they really became my lifeline. I learned just so much on how to how to negotiate, how to you know stand for myself, how to carry myself, how to move forward in the career in my career, um, and then the collaborations on top of that, um, just the ideas of what how to get involved with things, um, all of that, uh, and, and the friendships. I would say that's the other really big thing, just the friendships where you can call on any one of these colleagues and friends at any hour and, you know, run an idea past them, you know, have them be a sounding board. Um, all of that has been vital uh, to my to my career success. And you mentioned skills like negotiation um, that you learned from AWIM. Um, how have these skills and experiences translated perhaps into improve gender equity in your own work environment? I think it allows me to, I think most specifically allows me to pass those skills on to our own residents. I've um, been, I've been lucky and fortunate to be in a good position um, for myself. Um, I've learned to negotiate different things for myself, of course, um, as far as career advancement, but I think the most beneficial is being able to pass those on to our residents as they, our female residents specifically, and students as they go um, and advance in their career. Tell me a little bit about what motivated you to seek a leadership position within AWIM. Uh, it just seemed natural, I think, at the time. Um, outside of my job with Wright State, AWIM was really my passion uh, when I was a junior faculty, uh, starting with I think one of my first jobs outside of regional mentoring committee, I think, um, was the newsletter. And at that time, it was, I think, just a one or two page publication of just announcements and types of things for AWEM members and executive members itself. And um, so I kind of took that on as my passion, and it has really grown uh, from from that. Um, and so I, I was able to come up with the title of AWEM Awareness, and it has become almost a a substantial publication as part of SAM, really. I mean, it's, it's become so so large, and uh, I attribute that to all the team members that I had working on it as well. That was my first um, that was my first real project with AWEM, and I think through that and, and growing through that, I progressed through. Um, they offered me a treasurer position, uh, which was really great as a as a junior faculty member. I think I came out of that right as, out out of fellowship, and. And then just sort of progressed on from there in just a natural transition. Uh, it never dawned on me to, to stop being an AWEM member. There were so many benefits from it. And I was, it was just such a nurturing environment to be in and really just wanting to give back to AWEM everything that it had given me uh, as a group. So um, progressing from there, I think I was member at large for a period of time as well and then progressed to vice president, president, and then uh, past president, or I guess president-elect is what they call it, then president and past president. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Comment on how your leadership in women-focused professional organizations has been considered 
for academic advancement, just promotion. So when I went up for a promotion, I'm associate professor now, um, I was able to go up for promotion at the earliest time frame um, that they allowed. And I, I, there was really no problem with my promotion at all. It wasn't questioned a whole lot. And I think a large part of that was because of my substantial leadership through AWEM. Um, it you know, demonstrated national uh, leadership roles um, in, in various ways. And in addition to that, that of course sparks additional leadership roles in, in other things through, you know, colleagues and, and helping each other out and, and then connections that you make that you know, create new opportunities. And so through all of that, my CV just kind of, again, grew and, and branched um, from, you know, just a small, I'm going to work on a newsletter as part of this group, and then it branched into so many other opportunities uh, that it made promotion for me um, very seamless, actually, and I and I encourage other other young women to seek those leadership positions because even just that one can blossom into several. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you anticipate the professional needs of women in academic emergency will change in the next ten years. Mm, that's a great question. Um, I think our needs will continue to grow. Hopefully as we make more of a force of ourselves being in leadership positions. I think that's the ultimate goal. Um, the ultimate, certainly the, um, one of the main facets of AWEM is to promote that leadership um, specifically in, in academic emergency medicine. And so hope, I hope as we continue to make more of a, a presence, um, more, more and more women getting into senior leadership positions um, that we will continue and continue to advance. I'm going to transition a little bit to questions about your career in a broader sense. Um, you spoke a little bit about um, your early career environment. Um, can you describe other ways in which gender has affected your career development? I've been fairly fortunate kind of going through um, my career, and I suspect it's because I'm in a, a great environment at Wright State, but also all of my connections through AWEM, um, that going forward, I've, I've been very lucky in my career not having any specific um, problems. What career accomplishment are you most proud of? Uh, probably my presidency with AWEM, actually. I think um, very, I'm very proud to say that I was able to to do that and make an impact and again give back to AWEM um, in a way or, or attempt to give back to AWEM what it's given what it's given to me. Um, yeah, that definitely seems like something to be proud of. Um, and what piece of advice would you tell a younger version of yourself or an AWEM member at an earlier stage of her career? In the past, uh, there has been a lot of conversation regarding women can or can't uh, do it all. And I, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit in what we do accomplish. And so it, I think it's important to give yourself a break and recognize um, that we do a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. Uh, Gloria Kuhn at one point told me that 
you know, women kind of have seasons, you know, at one point you're doing all that you want to do in this part of your life. And there may be a few things that you don't do at that point, but you're going to do them later in a different part of your life. And so while you can't do them all at once, you can do them all over a period of time, depending on what your interests are. And you don't have to do them all at once. And I think that's an important thing, um, especially for someone coming right out of the gate, that it's okay to say no every once in a while and and make sure you you live your life accordingly. Um, Take a breath every once in a while. Make sure you take care of yourself. Um, just as much as we as women like to take care of other people, ourselves tend to, to fall to the wayside more often. And so I think it's really important um, to maintain a respect for ourselves and, and care for ourselves in that way. Um, I also think it's important to remember for those that have children, um, and this was another quote again from uh, Kathy Clem, a previous uh, president, is that, your children are not going to remember who folds their socks, and so they and they may remember actually who sits down and you know plays a game with them or helps them bake cookies or something like that. And so, unless it gives you joy, it is okay to outsource and give yourself again a break um, on certain things, and um, that way you have more time to spend doing the things that you love. Anything else I haven't asked about AWEM and your career that you might like to share? One of the other things I would really like to add, um, or at least reiterate, is all of the incredible um, friendships and colleagues and connections that I've made, and that being, I think, the strongest um, part of, of AWEM, or at least has been for me. There are too many names to even to come up with, but you know, all of the presidents and past presidents have you know, certainly held a special place in my part as we've, or in my heart as we've, um, you know, supported each other and going through and learning together and trying to grow this organization um, into what it has become. Um, and so, I mean, truly each one of them holds um, a dear place in my heart. Um, and then certainly all the other, all the other members of AWUM and the executive committees kind of going forward. We spend a lot of time together, phone calls and emails, and, and we've built some really great friendships. And to me, that's probably the most invaluable, um, even outside of academic advancement and publication, um, because we can't advance in our careers without those those friendships and those bonds that keep us going in our in our time of need. When we realize ah, I don't know how to do all of this, <laughs> and because we all hit that point, I think at some point. Yeah, I I totally agree. There is no advancement without retention, um, so that's really critical. Um, I am gonna uh, force you to name three other people who you think we should interview. Um, it's okay if they're also past presidents. Um, uh, ideally, one person around your career stage, one person who's a little bit more junior, one person who's more senior. Okay. Now, when I initially thought of these names, I was thinking um, a lot of them, as I mentioned before, came kind of the past presidents or presidents, you know, kind of before and after me because we did have such a strong bond. But I'm going to branch out and, you know, I'll specifically say those, you know, um, Basma and Michelle and Kinjal, certainly right around me, and then Sue Watts. I mean, of course, all of them. So I'm going to branch away from that so that I don't reiterate those presidents, but I want them definitely to know that they're in my heart. Um, Those that are not presidents, since you're already interviewing them, I would say one is um, Mary Jo Wagner. She has just been an incredible um, mentor to me um, in a a lot of ways, and I believe I met her through AWEM, if I recall. Niha uh, Rauker has also been an incredible support. She's part, been part of 
AWIM Executive Committee, I, I think almost as long as, as I have or are close to it in various roles in her energy and um, just general support has, has always just been a, a breath of fresh air. And then uh, Laura Medford-Davis, uh, she's a bit junior than me, not, not probably by too much. Um, I remember her joining AWIM as a, as a resident member when um, fairly shortly after I think it started um, and watching her grow. And I think she's, again, been part of the executive committee uh, almost from, from the get-go. Um, and she's still a, a valid um, or a, a very valuable uh, part of the committee. And, um, and her work and watching her grow has been, has been a lot of fun as well. Thanks again for tuning in. Next time, we speak with Dr. Melissa Parsons, who shares how her personal journey with infertility has blossomed into a career niche. See you next time.